was considering, I had really good breast milk and I was like, could I sell my breast milk on a black wow. market? Nothing would faze me. I'd just be so deeply chill and relaxed. I kind of already knew that I wouldn't be that though. But always getting to a point in that career and day job where it all became too much. Welcome to Finding Me Again. Passion, purpose and parenting. And what happens is my children then come home to me singing because the music's back on. Oh, oh, I can do this again and my brain still works and yes, this is it. This one's for the busy, loving, spread thin parents and those who love them. It takes a lot of work to find ourselves again or maybe for the first time and you've got to know where to look. Finding Me Again podcast is here for you. I'm Rachel Lackey, psychotherapist specialising in parent fulfilment and mum to two little boys. In this podcast, I interview parents about a time when they felt the most lost and the passions that got them through. I'll be gathering the things they've learnt along the way and throwing in my own tips that you can use to find fulfilment. And we've put that aside, but what if that is the very thing that helps us decompress? If a mum is upset, everybody picks up on it. So we kind of have to put our own life jackets on and we should really. I just think we've all got different strengths. And if we just nurtured the strengths rather than trying to practice the weakness all the time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Get so much further along. My guest today is Emma Isaacs, surface pattern designer and creative coach and host of Creative Ways podcast. She's here to tell her story of burnout, messy creativity, ADHD and parenting. So welcome Emma Isaacs. Thank you so much for being here with me on the podcast, finding me again. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. It's great being this side of the podcast. I love your podcast. It's so warm and everybody seems to really open up to you and give loads of helpful tips. And I wanted to start by asking you, what were you like as a child? What were your passions then? Growing up, I was always make-believing, always Mm. sewing, drawing. And I realised only in adult life that that was kind of my distraction and coping mechanism and I was just always yeah making things and playing outside getting dirty I was that child yeah free and creative oh yeah Yeah, very clumsy so but I found out in my 20s the last year of my degree that I was dyslexic my parents kept saying like my spellings I didn't get right all the time but the teachers kept saying oh she'll grow into it and I did well at school, but because I had a tutor and because I worked really hard to just get average in the mm-hmm. core subjects. And then I realized getting older that actually I was dyslexic. So it kind of, not that all dyslexics are creative. Whenever I read all the traits, I'm definitely textbook traits. Yeah, that's a long time then, your whole education. Being dyslexic and not being diagnosed, just having to work that extra bit harder or a lot harder. Oh, yeah, I got really good parents and I think you learn very quickly what your parents encourage don't you they loved gardening and they were very creative and always encouraged that I think they knew that I'm not going to be into science you just know don't you with children growing up but I was always very free yeah I always struggle with that as a mum myself because my mum just let me be the boss really you know like sort of child-led I wasn't carted off to lots of after-school activities life was very freeing and very simple 
so yeah, I think that's a constant battle with parenting though. Life is different as long as we're aware of it. My house was quite messy a lot of the time because my mum just let us just be free. Yeah, encouraged that, accepted that was what you needed. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if it's just my parents or actually parents at that time because a, an old lady stopped me last year and I thought she was going to say the opposite. And I had, you know, my son was three and he's ADHD. Just, I looked like I'd got my hands falling apart. You know, those days where you're just yeah. up against it. And she said, oh, and I thought she was going to say, you you don't know you're born. And she said, oh. you've got it so much harder than what we had. And it oh, really okay. shocked me. Oh. Said, oh, thank you. She said, we had everything in the village. We had the butchers. She said, we didn't have to have a perfect house. We had hand-me-downs. And you know, when it just flips it on, you think, yeah. So perceptive. do it all perfectly yeah and it's our own it's nobody else it's what we put on ourselves isn't it Pinterest and social media yeah and then she said she said at the end and we're all on gin as well or uh, <laughs> <laughs> which either helped really, or hindered her but <laughs> yeah it was just really lovely to hear this kind of 80 year old say that to our yeah. generation really I don't think we realize how much stuff we've got going on and that's what we need to do. You know, we, we all can see what we're not doing and we can constantly see where we're going wrong. But that just doesn't help, especially yeah. it's just such a contrast to life before. Nobody can prepare you with that life that you need that helping hand, don't you? That kind of encouraging conversation. So I did think I'm going to make sure I do that to young mum. Not that I'm a young mum, but you know, in the future, to give them that sense that you understand how much they've got on their plate and they're trying to balance and the pressure they put on themselves or society does to get it perfect. Is that particularly the case for parents of kids with additional needs, do you think? Well, I'm still going through it at the moment. It's taken so long that Senko, we've now had to reapply because mm. of um, lockdown. The process is so long. I kept seeing traits and had the same fight that my parents had with school. She'll grow into it. And I knew the system because I work in high schools sometimes. And I knew if you don't get them, you're not going to catch up in senior school. You need to get that support. Mm. So we we got tested privately. Anyway, the school are fantastic. And they said, it's so common now. Not now, it's always been common, hasn't it? Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Does it mean that you, that you um, feel more pressure on yourself to project that you're doing well as a parent? Yeah, and I just don't want her to struggle because I, I hate, and I was guilty of it just a few years ago before I knew about ADHD. I always thought, because I think the UK are quite far behind, to be honest, oh. it's actually quite depressing. We still think it's too much fizzy pop. I was never allowed that as a child. Too much telly. I didn't have a video player till I was 13. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. My parents yeah. are quite old. Yeah. And, and we are told that it's, just you know from broken homes and just awful things that people have in their minds and I hear teachers thinking that when I've mm. worked in high school and I think it's given me a real insight into actually my children are going to battle with people that should be on their side you know yeah. and it's not the teacher's fault they're not taught Senko unless they go into Senko special needs and so I think there's a lot of emotion my side and I'm aware yeah. of that so my husband's brilliant he'll say come on Emma you know are you projecting your struggles you know they may be fine so 
yeah, I have turned into that parent. But school, I will say, has just said to me, well, the reason why you don't need tech, she's going to get Senko help anyway, mm. is because it's so common now. It's like one in three. We're oh. not even waiting. The system's so backed up that we're not even waiting for that. So schools are pretty supportive. Oh, so they're geared up for it anyway without the diagnosis. Yeah, so it's just little things like she might just need a colour overlay. And I always say to people that kind of have this, is ADHD made up and we've all got different traits? And I always say, well, yes, I've got good grades, but I would stay up till one in the morning. I'd get up really early because I didn't realise I needed it quiet. It took me so much longer to have mediocre grades. Hmm. And so I always say, if your child needs glasses, you would give them glasses. It's only the same, just a color overlay, or it might be that they, my daughter learns better out of visuals for memory. So it's just changing. It's not giving them extra time or- Right, and not needing extra resources or people, just, just thoughtfulness how to make it equal. We're changing as humans and the school system's very kind of maths and English, maths and English, which is great. We all need it, but art's being pushed out of schools and it really is worrying me. So I think I am a little bit passionate about Yeah. What's the value of art in childhood from your perspective? It's huge. Well, it's the second biggest income in the UK and people don't realise this. It breaks my heart. And I used to see it at school myself when there'd be peers that would take art as a fourth A-level because their parents wouldn't let them take art. And Mm -hmm. I see it now, I've been working in schools and the parents have said, you can't get a job in art. Well, who told you that? I've worked in some schools, two are private and their parents want them to be a doctor. Mm. They're an outstanding artist. Oh, yeah. They're not that great at science. Uh. So I just think we've all got different strengths. And Mm. if we just nurtured the strengths rather than trying to practice the weakness all the time oh I see yeah get so much further along so tell me about a time in your life it might be parenting or it might be otherwise where you felt the most lost or unfulfilled definitely when you first have your first baby you're still in maternity clothes you're not quite sure what your style was because it's been nearly two years now since your last wore something that fit you I put loads of weight on I was massive with both of mine not that I was I minded you know I was obsessed with happy baby Mm. but then all of a sudden you're going back to work and I was like I don't even have a bag other than a nappy bag (laughs) it just felt so weird I felt I was in frumpy clothes and actually that's when I first dyed my hair pink oh there was just something about I don't know what I want but I need to be more me. That first time of being a parent, but then the second time when I had two children, um, I commuted 55 miles each way. Oh. Because I loved my job. And to get a job in the arts, you just feel lucky. And so I thought, if I walk out of this, I know how difficult it's going to be to freelance around two children. And I felt really lost. And, and then there was loads of fatalities on the M1, you know? Mm. And I had to make that decision of, this just isn't worth it leaving at half five in the morning breastfeeding my son because it was only nine months and I was it was just a really horrible time because I literally had no work lined up mm. I was just giving them a month's notice I knew I could plan it out in six months and try and get contacts but you know I don't know if you've ever experienced it when I was 27 before children and husband I had a breakdown mm. and I experienced panic attacks 
imposter syndrome there wasn't even a word for it when I was I took a management role just at 27 I wasn't ready yeah the company were amazing looking back everything was amazing but it was what I'd put on myself so common for women unfortunately to have that imposter syndrome and to try and get to the next level in in work and then feel so desperate that they have to prove themselves and they're not enough well I didn't realize the statistics of a man will go for a job that he's not qualified yet yeah. just without thinking of it I'll learn yeah. it on the job whereas a woman has to feel like she more than does it yeah. and and she won't allow a ta- that time to kind of do it messy and learn on the job that's crazy isn't it yeah so that made you ill yeah so I didn't feel enough the managers were amazing the company is fantastic but I just was not sleeping um and that carried on for months to the point that I thought I was going crazy I like to have sleeping tablets it was it was horrendous yeah Yeah. however I do feel that these things happen in your life and it kind of shapes you which it did I was nervous being pregnant and I think my husband was I think we thought if she's experienced that before what what am I going to be like because you hear about postnatal depression and really bothered me well actually it was the blessing because you know, I could see things if it was creeping in. Mm. I always say, we know all the positivity books and the meditation and all the things we need. For me, it's running, being outdoors. Running in the woods, you said in your website. And I went to the woods yesterday, right now in the year. It's gorgeous. Oh my God, it's so lush. That color of green. Oh. And the smell of the wild garlic and hearing yeah. like how noisy it is with the birds. Yeah, it almost freaked me out. Like I had to just stop and like it was otherworldly or something. It just feels meditative, doesn't it? And you don't Amazing. get that from the gym. I just learn what does it for me. And I'm talking 10 minutes kind of filling yes. me up. Just be here now for 10 minutes. Exactly that. So, so you already knew some of that stuff going into... Uh, postnatal period so that's when I got in touch with some other mums and we had every Monday we'd go on walks with a book pushed yet and we would literally walk 12 miles wow epic walks I know they were we had a lot to talk about yeah yeah. (laughs) it actually really helped me and I knew then that these warning signs were coming and so Mm. yes I could have spent six months planning my escape from the company uh, the company were brilliant by the way but you know I was I was going freelance you were commuting 55 miles leaving at 5 30 in the morning trying to breastfeed express trying to do all that yes yeah, second child as well so I still had to get the other child ready for school some days I managed to go before she woke up but because yeah. I didn't realize their ADHD one of the signs when they're little before they can read or write is they don't sleep oh wow well she still sleeps with me I don't want them to go to sleep anxious and mm. um everybody do their own thing I'm not you yeah know, yeah but that's whatever right works for the people but for us that's what that was right for us there could have been guilt that I knew I was going off to work as well but yeah I knew the warning signs I knew how anxious I was feeling and I thought I can't do this not with being a mum as well it's not about me anymore uh. and so you question yourself is this because I need the money or is it ego here? Is it because I've got a job that I love? So I, I lived in Yorkshire for 20 years. It's where a lot of my family are from. Love it. But we moved back to Derby to be closer to my immediate family. And I think part of that commute was because I still was in Yorkshire and I still oh. had the life, you know, my yeah. life before children. Hanging on to that and sense of purpose at work. Yeah. And, and feeling you and not the mum. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and I know it's valid, isn't it? These feelings, the, mm. the trouble is we think as women or as mums that they're not and we're just being silly and we disregard it until it gets so much and then we flip. I had no boundaries, mm. you know. You had to resign there and go freelance. Yes, yeah, so I resigned and they were brilliant and I went freelance and that was a massive learning curve because, you know, two children. yeah. And there wasn't time to plan it because you just needed to change the way your life was going. Yeah. But I just kept using affirmations, kind of, I want to get paid for being me. Mm. I want it to work around my family. I wrote my own because that's what I tell people, you know, when they say, oh, I can't, those affirmations don't do it for me. It's like, no, you've got to do things that work for you. Tailor it. And you've got a lot of inspirational posts. Just comes flowing out of you, it seems, ways of describing them that I just go oh yeah that is what it's all about or oh yeah I haven't considered that thank you I think when you've been through such dark times I don't care what people think anymore (laughs) that's so freeing isn't it yeah I know there's someone that will need to hear it on that day yeah yeah because we are scrolling and we are lost you know and I just think if ever there's a time after lockdown it's kind of just thought no, I don't know what I'm waiting for now. We're so good at being busy. And that's why a lot of stresses come up through the night because there's no distractions. Yeah. There's so many of pre-COVID that I don't want back. I yeah. was way too busy. I want mm. my boundaries. So you started yeah. creating your own affirmations. What kind of thing did you need to hear back then? Dare to jump. Mm. because I, I just had to keep believing the universe would catch me and it did you know before you're ready before you're certain jump so I didn't realize my second child I was pregnant I trained for the marathon after my first yeah and that was amazing because you really dig deep into you know at the time when you ha- when you put in for the marathon I had never never ran that much I'd done a couple of 10ks that was it yeah somebody had explained to me that an Olympic medalist hasn't done that before but he spent 20 years believing he could Um, so for everything else we think that you've got to have proof well not many sports medalists have other people in their family that have walked those steps they've had to believe each day and so once somebody said that to me that actually you need to think like a sports person and actually the universe is you you believe you could do it but if you didn't train through the winter months no dream is going to get you to 27 (laughs) miles yeah so it's a combination of both when I talk about the universe I don't want people to kind of disregard it and think oh it's woo-woo when it's not if I didn't believe I could do the marathon I wouldn't have even put in for it let Mm. alone rainy cold months because you have to train through the winter for the marathon yeah so you had to believe that all of that drudgery and hard work was going to result in a completed marathon otherwise how could you get through we have to make choices so I had to leave my toddler on a Sunday for four hours Mm. because I'm quite slow you know to train the big ones and and she's like mommy you've been at work because I used to do three days when I went back as part-time. When you make a decision, it does come with hard work, doesn't it? And you have to remind yourself what you're doing it for, because there's only you that's put that pressure on yourself, and there's only you that's going to be there in the dark morning. Or You're not talking about putting a post-it on your mirror saying something about manifesting. You're talking about putting in the hard work every single day or every week and believing that you really are going to get there, even if it's a 
leap of faith and keeping your promises to yourself because if you keep letting yourself down you're not going to believe yourself in the future so I think there's something in I always tell people before I'm ready once we promise another human being we're going to show up then you're accountable because I used to get told off all the time for that stop telling people just get on and do it but it I'm sure that's why it works for me because I'm probably just so vain thinking, well, I need to do it now. I've told everyone. (laughs) So I spent a lot of the time pushing push chairs or breastfeeding, listening to podcasts, knowing what I wanted to do. But Mm. I'd just take notes, percolating. And that's okay if you know it's going to happen. Yeah, the path to success or failure is the same path. You've just got to stay on it. Yeah, that's the hard part. And it's actually quite simple. Yeah, I guess I didn't really understand it. But I think I do now after you've spoken about keeping going, believing in yourself. Is it that? Yeah, because it's getting back up. Mm. You know, you get knocked down seven times, you get back up eight. And that's the bit. I worked with so many creatives that went for one job and didn't get it. Uh, Didn't bother again. I was like, no, no, the creative world's not for me. Yeah. When we put it like that, it sounds ludicrous. But it's because we've wanted to do it all our lives. And it's actually deeper than that. It's, I don't ever want to be told that I can't do this because mm. it's my big dream. And who am I if if I don't have that passion? And that's why people don't like to get back on it because they don't want to feel as a failure. But there's no such thing as failure in my eyes. That terrifying rejection that makes somebody stop trying because it hurts so much. But you're saying, get back up. This is you. So how did you find that balance in your life once you'd gone freelance? Well, it's very tough to put things in practice, isn't it? Because in my industry, um, there are two deadlines and one's now and one's the second week back in January. So that meant I was working through Easter and Maybank holiday and our mum is working. I found that I was like, actually, I'm working more now than I did on the commute because now I'm working weekends So that was hard. To be there, but to be unavailable to them. Yeah. All my work was owned by my old job. So Mm. I didn't have any portfolio that was mine. So I had to build my own portfolio again for an agent. So that was hard, you know, working through Christmas. And then you'd have all the family saying, are you working? Did you doubt your decision at that point? All the time. Mm. Because you just do as a mum anyway, don't you? And that's all the mum friends were hearing of me. All the family were hearing of me. Because I am really good. One of the traits of ADHD is I am really good at hyper-focusing. So if I've got a deadline, (sighs) I will do it. And I got diagnosed in my final term of my degree. And Mm. I got a first. You know, we've all got different traits. And what came from that is we only ever hear the negatives when actually there's quite a lot of really successful people that are ADHD. Yeah. You know, we're risk takers. I'm now seeing the positives of it. All parents listening all know Captain Underpants, right? Dave Pilkey or Dave Pilkey. He's, he's got ADHD and he talks about that quite a bit through his characters. So it's just one way that you can be really super productive and creative and focused. Like I, I you think said. a lot of creatives have something diverse. What they create, you know, like some yeah. gorgeous books that you see and you think that was somebody's idea. Where did that come from? Wow. And if it gives you that stickability as well to have ADHD or other non-neurotypical stuff, then that's that's what it's all about to get, get from idea to realization despite obstacles. 
And I think that's why I went into schools last year. I got so passionate and so upset by teachers saying, so once I was in a classroom and I said, I think he's got ADHD, she went, no, his parents are just splitting up. And that mm. massively triggered me. It's like, they're two separate things Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for starters. <laughs> that means that child's not getting tested. Yeah. They're not looking for it because one teacher's just decided, nope. And has she done any training? And does she know? And this isn't on her. I just think all of the system Every, we should all know more about it shouldn't we it's not yeah. the teacher's fault what is your passion it used to be my art it still is but I've realized it's empowering other creatives mm. um it breaks my heart when I see creatives like I've said earlier that haven't carried on in their superpower and you know haven't realized that for 20 years they've just not picked up a paintbrush so that massively motivates me, both with children, but more. But I found so much that working in colleges, there's no different between that 16-year-old girl and that 50-year-old woman. Mm. Actually, they all carry the same blocks and certainly open my eyes. And I'm pretty obsessive about it, actually. <laughs> because we don't give ourselves permission, do we? Weirdly, we wait for somebody else to say, just do it messy just create hmm. for create's sake you know we, we think everything's got to be perfect especially since social media but nobody puts out all of their not so good stuff mm. yeah. I think we've given up hobbies as well when we look at our grandparents my grandma used to just knit on the bus yeah <laughs> yeah and we've put that aside but what if that is the very thing that helps us decompress what if we just went and did a bit of gardening or went and did a bit of cross stitch that's meditative isn't it yeah in my eyes do it messy like you said another of yours is done is better than perfect yes yeah and it doesn't even need to be a product does it it can be like you say meditative or just enjoyable you know throw it away at the end if you want or just bash it out just for the experience because that's not indulgent that is an essential part of a balanced life and what happens is my children then come home to me singing because the music's back on and then that fills the house because the thing is women do fill the house with their mood I'm Mm. sorry it's quite unfortunate for men and mental health that's a whole other thing as you know Mm. but if a mum is upset everybody picks up on it so we kind of have to put our own life jackets on and we should really yeah the music's back on so that means you're back connected to yourself you're engaged and passionate yeah because my mum so I told you about all my freedom but she didn't ever do her passion she should have had child-minded she should have had more children at the house and she just wasn't confident enough but her whole life was through me which it was great but I wouldn't have minded her doing her stuff I'd like to have seen it actually yeah yeah and it can be quite suffocating doing that to your children anyway that's a lot of pressure actually to be lived through yeah. I like my kids to see me prancing around and doing, you know, just being free and being silly. I remember one of my friends um, kept saying to her children, you need to go to drama school or you need, you know, you should carry on with your dancing. And her daughter said, well, you never did. Uh, and and I think, you know, it doesn't matter if we don't make it, whatever that is in your eyes, just them seeing you, they're watching us all the time. Mm-hmm. And they are. I remember watching my dad fixing the bit of woodwork and there was something really nice watching them potter around the house and we're so fixated on, they've not been to soft play. 
we've not, yeah. <laughs> we've not taken them to a farm lately. And yeah. my mum was like, just let them go in the garden while you paint the fence. <laughs> You're together. <laughs> yeah, they can find their own fun. Us being okay has such a big, big influence on them being okay. And that's pressure too, isn't it? Absolutely. But it also gives permission, like you say, to prioritise that stuff. And they're watching, even if they refuse to be involved, like mine won't dance with me anymore. <laughs> I hated going on walks to the Dales. Mm. So boring for you. So boring. But now I'm so thankful. So I think we're always wanting them to be our friends again. Yeah, cool. But actually, what we're feeding into them, and my dad used to, I was joined to the British Bird Life Society, <laughs> which I hated as a child. Oh, but of mm. course, when you get old, you're like, oh, I'm so pleased we did all that and we kind of slip into that that we want to be the super mum that everything's so much fun. So how do you create balance in your life at the moment to make your art possible, to make your hobbies and self-care possible? So I do this on a Sunday and I have non-negotiable time. That Mm. means nobody, it's just my time and it's a Sunday night and I have what I call an artist date and it's from the artist, artist way, and Cameron, mm. love her. And so the artist date, for anybody who doesn't know, is it's not for social media, it's not for anybody else, it's just time with me. And through lockdown, obviously, I couldn't go to a museum, couldn't go to the cafe or... So an artist date is whatever that is for you. Taking yourself off to an inspiring place. Yeah. And in lockdown, I couldn't do that. But I also knew the house was pretty empty on a Sunday night. They'd all gone off to bed. I got the paints out. And it wasn't for social media. It was for me to just do what I've been itching to do. Mm. And then also, because I'm feeling good, that's when I'll plan out the rest of the week on a Sunday evening. I now, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I get up at 4.30 or 5 every day. But I go to bed early because Rachel Hollis, I remember when I was off on maternity, she said, we give ourselves the most time, because I was always a night out. And she said, why do we do that? Why do we give ourselves the most tired part of the day? Mm, mm. Why don't we give ourselves the most energized time of the day? And everybody else has the second stuff. The children were waking me up. Whereas now when the children wake up, I've had two hours of doing what I want. And so I'm in high. Uh, Switching it around, I just feel like I've put my life jacket on first, like I said. Yeah. So that vibrant part of the day, a big chunk of it is just you doing you yeah and then you're available and ready for them yeah so it could be sending off my notes because I coach other creatives so there's your business now but your business is never going to move if you don't do where you want to be in a year you know everything we have in our life now is evidence from what we worked on months ago Mm. and so I work on like 90 days probably from marathon training it's that kind of well it's got you've got to see where you want to be in three months time and then you work backwards rather than just firefighting and not getting anywhere so then it's one thing a month and then you break it down to well what do you need to do every week and then it's three things a day don't do anything more than three things a day because Mm. you're not going to get it done yeah our lists are too big this is for your business by the way not the doctors and the kids admin and all of that Mm. three work intentions that you'll fulfill and I will actually do Mm. so that's when I get up in the morning that's what I do it's those three things for me in the business 
and then everything else with the family is the rest of the day and obviously I do work from home I have the rest of the day working but, but actually for me that quiet time is it's just changed everything honestly because you know what it's like if you if you've got to work at night all day you're thinking about it and then you're so drained after the children have had their bath and they've had their tea and you're like oh just yeah. can't now yeah. do my best work it takes me a long time to wind down as well, especially if I've been on a screen working late into the night. You're tired in one way, but your brain's completely bing, just lying there. And that's not helpful, is it? And does that mean that you have to, on the other end of things, say no to evening invitations? Well, this is a very, obviously you've got to remember, this is probably quite not realistic because I've only done it through lockdown. Oh, yeah. So we're just yeah. stepping out now. I started this. <laughs> Um, a year ago mm. and it probably is because I was homeschooling as well so how else was I going to get stuff done of course <sighs> let's take a moment before we begin regain our composure turn off your phone take a moment alone let your mind go blank forget what you know take time off Wander around, tidy your home, stop in the lounge Go for a stroll in the back or beyond Early in the morning doesn't have to be long Capture a song, sketch out a tale You need a clear sky before you set sail Ignore the whisper that tells you to fail And the doubts that loom as heavy as whales Here's a secret I learned on tour Successful people feel like frauds Like they'll be found out while I knock on the door Sorry sir, it's all over, you've been caught So don't worry, you're so lovely If it doesn't bother you, then it won't trouble me just make a good start, forget about the outcome, make good art. Hold up. So how do you compare now to that child, the playful, creative child self back then? Um, I'd be proud of her, definitely, mm. because it is hard, but I'm still showing up. Yeah. And because there is days when you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> but you realise that that never goes away. And now I seek that feeling uncomfortable because mm. if you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're not growing. So the child version of you would be proud of who you are now and that you stick with it. And do you still get to be as free and expressive and creative and playful as you used to be? Um, I'm trying, I'm working on it and I'm trusting and I'm just being gentle on myself and mm. saying, are you getting everything that you wanted this time last year? Yes. You know, if you want this, whatever that is, it comes with certain things that aren't ideal. But as long as I'm staying true to myself in those things that I want balance and I want time, yes, I'm working long hours at the minute, but I'll be with the children in the summer. Yeah, and I'm I'll okay pay with it back it. to myself. And that's then. when I'll play a bit more. So I've got a few yeah. big canvases that I've bought. I've got mm. a couple of commissions, but I'm going to do that when I'm playing in uh, July and August. And is there anything else you wish you, you would get back into more or spend more of your time on that's just for you? I want to get back into yoga. Mm. And I love yoga with people. It doesn't work yeah. for me on Zoom. I don't think balance is realistic. We don't always have balance as seasons. And I think we set ourselves an un... We're setting ourselves something that doesn't exist so we feel like we're failing. Mm. I think the seasons, like I said at the moment, I'm in a busy season, the summer will be quieter. But I do believe that I need to be more holistic. So my healthy eating goes out. I've not been running the last few weeks. So I need to tick 
those things off and it's normally in the busy time that they go when you need it the most yeah that needs to be non-negotiable so yeah I think we, we need to constantly adjust don't we yeah also accept that sometimes it's not possible to keep up with all that self-care but just keep bringing yourself back to the reminder of the value of it that you deserve it that it's uh it's not an extra indulgence it's an essential tell me what you'd like people to know about the work that you're doing right now or links how they can find you so at the moment we're running in a fantastic course and it's building your portfolio myself and trend expert Anna Woods which yeah, yeah. we're going to be doing another one in kind of September mm. and Anna's a trend expert and we both worked for 20 years in the industry back at Tiger Print which is a Hallmark studio so we're loving doing that I am absolutely loving doing my mentoring for creatives so you can find all of those links on my website. The podcast, I just love. We've covered all subjects and it just fills me up. There was one episode I listened to where she was talking about, um, what was it called? Art After. And she was talking about um, all the interruptions that happen from the children when she's trying to create art. So she started a project where she would start a painting and then when she got interrupted, she'd stop it and write on the back of the canvas what the interruption was and how long she was able to paint for. And then it was finished. I just love that idea. And mm. to give yourself that permission. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like to just say, yeah, that's fine. Whereas we, well, I don't know with you. I, I'd have been like, no, it needs to, I need to just work on it. Before. Yeah. Or I need two days free to be able to start a project. No, just fit it in to any moment that you've got or give yourself that Sunday that you have where you will do as much as you can that's enough yeah and chatting to other women and realizing it's not just you I think yeah these conversations are huge because once we put them out we kind of disarm and we disarm them don't we yeah to normalize it to know that we're all in it together and I know that's one of your big messages is you're not alone yeah you can't create when you're stressed we're normally at our best self probably two three times a year like why can't we be like that a little bit more yeah, yeah. that's all that's we want bleak. isn't it yeah you know like holidays or I just want to feel like that more often yeah yeah but if you're riding the gas pedal and the brake the whole time and basically in fight or flight there's no availability for creativity sexiness any of that stuff it's just survival isn't it so we need to find lives that are not like that we can't wait until we're retired to start living. My dad died two years before he retired. Ah, oh, he didn't even get there. I remember hearing a teacher saying when she retires, and she must have been about 25, oh. and I thought, oh, God, oh, no. can't live like that. James Wedmore, which I, I just love him, he's marketing, online marketing guy, and he always says, leave room for magic. Mm. I love that because we just fill up our schedule yeah. all the time yeah you're right leave room in there for something magical to happen oh thank you so much emma oh thank you it's been wonderful what a brilliant person thanks so much to my friend karen for suggesting the interview with emma so here are my takeaways from this week's episode Give yourself the best part of the day to focus on your passions and fulfillment. Is it early morning for you? Lunchtime? Maybe late at night? How can you carve out uninterrupted time at that time of the day for yourself? Perhaps at least once a week. Feeling frumpy or lacking identity? Reconnect with the style you had before you had children. 
If you feel yourself burning out, be realistic about how long you can continue in this way. And if you need to leave a job or a commitment now, find a way. Pay attention to your sleep and anxiety as indicators that you need to make a quick change. Make yourself accountable by telling people you're planning to do something new. One of Emma's missions is that people would carry on in their creative superpower. Get back up, she says. Stay on the path. Do it messy. Create for creating's sake. There doesn't need to be an end product, just the process and the enjoyment. If you want your children to enjoy life and engage with hobbies and passions, model your enjoyment of yours. You can find Emma on emmaisaacs.co.uk and at Emma Isaacs Design on Instagram. If you're a creative, sign up for Emma's mailing list for support and tips and to be the first to know about her next intake of coaching. Check out her gorgeous podcast, Creative Ways Podcast, and follow at Creative Ways Podcast on Instagram. This episode of Finding Me Again has a sister video available to my mailing list subscribers. This week's video will be called Reconnecting with Creativity for a More Fulfilling Life. So if you're not already signed up to the mailing list, head over to findingmeagain.me forward slash podcast and put in your details there. I won't be inundating you. I just send them after each episode has dropped. And with that, I'm Rachel Lackey. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe to make sure that the next one pops into your feed as soon as it drops. And thank you for listening.